All right, here we are. Punk Rock Cops, we are here for the Halloween special, so not only every two weeks you're going to get one in the middle here, right smack dab on Halloween. Halloween. Here I am, uh, Roger. We got Robin and Carlos. What's up, guys? What's happening? How's it going? Merry Christmas. Uh, we're, we're not doing that yet, <laughs> at least not until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, no, right now it's all about Halloween. Like, I, I hate when other holidays don't get their shine. Like, I, I spent forever working fucking in retail and so they'd have christmas shit hanging up before halloween and so by the time it was actually christmas i was just ready for that shit to fucking be over so now i just hate all the holidays yeah halloween is honestly my holiday it's it's always halloween at my house i can't wait until the day after halloween where i can go to spirit halloween and buy decor for my house that i can use year round on clearance (laughs) i think of thinking of like work like Halloween was always fun to work. I know I always hated fucking New Year's on patrol, and I always hated Fourth of July because it was just like a million fucking fireworks calls. I'll never forget walking into our dispatch center one year, and they had the names of all the neighborhoods, and the dispatch would just put a check mark next to every single neighborhood that called in with like a fireworks fucking call. It was insane. That is one of the worst holidays to work is Fourth of July. I've only worked Halloween one time, and that was back when I was on FTO uh, at my first agency back in like 08. So, and all we did was crash like underage parties. It was really stupid. <laughs> oh, God. I, I never work Halloween. It's something that I always ask off for at the beginning of the year because it's my favorite, and I would much rather be out, you know, trick or treating than, uh, writing tickets, I guess. But this year I was kind of driving around and I sent you guys a couple pictures. My neighborhoods have done some pretty awesome jobs. There's some like 20 foot skeletons and things like that kind of creeping around my neighborhood. So it's kind of cool. But um, so we're talking Halloween and punk rock and police work. Uh, let's Let's talk about some punk bands that are Halloween related. I mean, obviously fucking misfits, right? Yeah, Michael Graves is totally Halloween. The, the original Misfits. <laughs> yes. When I, say, when I say the, the Misfits, definition. I mean, yes. By default, when I say the Misfits, automatically Danzig. Right, right. I mean, so let's talk about the Misfits. So maybe the first horror punk band, right? Which I guess they kind of came. Cramps? So been around. Yeah, have the Cramps been around since before the Misfits or no? I don't know. That's probably around the same timeline. Yeah, so oh, I know Mis- the Misfits... Misfits was 77, right? Right. And and so I feel like they kind of grew out of maybe like Kiss, who's earlier 70s, and maybe Alice Cooper, who goes all the way back to like 69, because that kind of shock rock, horror rock thing was kind of starting to happen with them. But yeah, the Cramps definitely came afterwards. Uh, and then, you know, members of the Misfits kind of started their own groups you had the undead with bobby Steele, you know and later on there was lots of others but there's i feel like a lot of the horror punk bands kind of have like a usually like a rockabilly influence do you guys kind of see that now you can definitely kind of see the notes and the, the inspiration where it comes from all those bands you could see how they transitioned or were influenced by those bands you can hear the sound yeah i think bands like uh the meteors or um the necromantics or the horror pops. Like there's, there's really like a, a huge, most of the horror punk bands I feel like are somewhere in that rockabilly genre. 
I like to go around just kind of off the top. Give me your top three horror punk bands. What do you think, Robin? Oh, definitely the Misfits, of course. I mean, that has to be number one for me. Um, I think like Tiger Army for me as well, because they have that again, like Roger was saying, like they have the whole kind of rockabilly, almost like country twinge in there. And then, I mean, this might be kind of like poser, hot topic punk, but AFI, I feel is pretty, especially their early stuff. Um, what was that? Their second album was very kind of like core punkish in a way. So, yeah, I mean, they even did the Hollow's Eve EP, which was really good, where they covered uh, Daemonomania and Howling mm-hmm. by the Misfits. And I, I think those are awesome. I think I don't think AFI is poser-ish. I think they've been around forever. I mean, they were they actually played my town in 2000, I believe, uh, with another local hardcore band. And it was right before they blew up and it was just amazing because, you know, we had three or 400 people there and that's, that's cool. You know, it's for our town, that was kind of a big show and it was right before, it might've been right around the time of, was it black sales and the sunset or something like that? Was it the name mm. of that album? It had to have been right around 2000. Cause I remember, I think probably the first and only time I saw AFI, they came through with sick of it all indecision and hot water music from Gainesville mm. and AFI. And that was the, the one and only show at that venue that was like one of those venues that like hosted a hardcore show one time and then saw the aftermath and they never booked another show there again <laughs> like i remember at one point after the show people were grabbing they had like these giant planters like inside the venue and so people were just grabbing the planters and throwing because it was one of those shows where like security kept thinking that everybody was fighting when we were dancing and so i mean the lights would come on and all the yellow shirts would go in and about three or four times that just fucking pissed everybody off and we're sick of it all headlined. And what's that one show or that one song they do where they headline everybody up and everybody like runs in into the middle. And so oh, they God. did that. What song and is so that? Sick of it all. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's clobbering time. Is it? I don't remember, but I, I remember <laughs> when that happened, the lights came on, all the yellow shirts came out and they said, that's it. It's over. And they shut the show down and people fucking lost their minds. I've been in situations like that before. We played with uh, good friends of mine, New Society of Anarchists from Milwaukee. Uh, we tra- we were on a record label with them for a while, so we always played with them. Great dudes, still talk to them all the time. And uh, we played a bar one time, and the crowd was just going insane for them like they always did. And uh, the owner was like, what in the fuck is happening? Because they had never really <laughs> done punk shows before, and he tried to shut us down. We're like, look, man, your bar is full. And he's like, you're right. <laughs> so he was pretty cool about it. What are your well, top yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Robin. Oh, no, I was just going to say with uh, back to AFI, oh, um, yeah, just, you know, just a quick mention about how they, you know, Davey still straight edge after all these years and stuff. So he was like, in a, he was a hardcore kid before he started um, AFI. And if you've listened to, you know, that first album, was it um, quite question that and stay fashionable i i think i have that wrong something like that i think it's answer that and stay fashionable oh thank you and um yeah i mean that has kind of you know like some of the songs have kind of a hardcore sound to them but i mean i love i love afi well i don't really care for their most recent album their newest one i think it came out in like 2020 it's very post like post-punk 
I'm just not a fan of it personally, but um, I mean, I loved everything from that very first album to like, I think it was crash crash love something or I can't remember the name of it. I think the album I probably listened to the most was uh, Very Proud of You. That was a really good album. And I really enjoyed their song, Wake Up Call. It was on uh, the God Money soundtrack, which if you guys mm. ever listen to that soundtrack, the movie itself was kind of somewhere along the lines of Edge of Coral, maybe not quite that bad, but the soundtrack <laughs> was amazing. It had MXPX, uh, Rollins Band, AFI, Blink-182. There was a lot of really good songs. Actually, kind of a, a Halloween-type song. I believe was, uh, no, that was on the Crow soundtrack, actually. There was a, a Rollins band song called Ghost Rider. I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. that song, but freaking love oh, I that love song. that. I love that soundtrack. Yeah, that that's like, I mean, I know that's not a band, but I feel like that is definitely like a good Halloween soundtrack right there. It's got like Golgotha Tenement Blues. It's got Nine Inch Nails doing uh, Dead Souls, Stuntable mm-hmm. Pilots. Um Rage Against the Machine. I mean, there's there's all kinds of good yep. stuff on that album. Yeah, it's it's like one of my all-time favorites. I remember buying that CD when I was like 16, even though that the movie came out. Oh, well, it was probably earlier than that, because I think that movie came out when I was like 13. But um, I mean, that's an excellent movie. I don't care what anyone says. They're going to read it. I'm really mad about it. Yeah, who's going to play um the main guy uh you mean brandon lee's part right i i don't know but they had edward uh furlong do it one time and it was freaking awful oh, wow. like the yeah i'd have been five or something <laughs> i'd have been give that a chance because i was like that's how are you gonna follow brandon lee up right um so, so yeah said, sorry go ahead so you said misfits afi and Tiger Army. Tiger Army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can't pick those three. So I will go with uh, <laughs> Dr. Chud's ex-ward. He was, Dr. Chud was the drummer for the Misfits post uh, with Michael Graves and, and beyond. He wrote a lot of the songs for uh, American Psycho and Famous Monsters. But um, he was the first Misfit that I met. We actually played together in 2008. I was playing in a Misfits tribute band and his band, the X Ward came out and they put on an amazing show and the music was really good. He was the singer for the band and uh, the album Diagnosis for Death is a great horror punk album. It's got, um, I actually have a copy of it on purple vinyl and I don't think there's very many copies of that existing anymore because from what Dr. Chud told me, he gave it to me as a gift for booking the show and, and working with him and stuff. It's hand numbered. But I guess the majority of those records were in a basement or something that got flooded during one of the hurricanes, like on, on the East Coast or something like 2008 or 2009. So they never really repressed those albums again. And unfortunately, it's not on Spotify either. You might be able to find um, the album on, on YouTube, but I, I still have it on my iPod. And I, I jam that one all the time. It's got uh, Spider Baby, Powerless, Blue Skin, um, Mommy Made Love to an Alien. I know there's an actual video out there for that one. So it's good. It's got like a rock and roll feel to it. And I, it's just, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a really good album. So I would say that one is one. So real um, quick, did you feel any extra pressure playing Misfit songs that night that he was playing? 
Absolutely. So I felt like <laughs> I was a lot, I was a lot fatter then too. And I was kind of playing the part of Doyle cause I was the guitar player and I was just like a big chubby Doyle. And I remember my friend took a picture of me and I looked awful <laughs> in that picture. I was like, just like Doyle that's been eating a lot of hot dogs or something. But um, yeah, he was super cool though, man. Really cool guy. He actually stayed at my house that night and hung out with my dog and I had a big St. Bernard at the time and he was all about him and him and his band stayed at the house. And then the next day we played another show with them at a small uh, little record store. And man, he's just super cool. And I believe I'm not trying to bust him out, but I think he said his brother is a police officer somewhere um, probably in Jersey, I'm guessing, but yeah, they did. Uh, they got kind of pissed at the venue owner in at the second venue we played with and they sang bury you alive, which is another one of their songs to the owner. So that was kind of cool. They have, and then shortly afterwards, Dr. Chud joined gorgeous Frankenstein, which later became Doyle and they toured Japan and things like that. And gorgeous Frankenstein put out an album and then they put out another album under the name of Doyle. And anyway, that's kind of the story of that. He's and Chud has put out a couple of other songs since then. I know there's like a Garbage Pale Kids song that he did that I don't know if there's a full album for it or, or yet or not. But his stage show was super cool. Like I actually almost got scared because it was so so awesome. Um, so that's number one. Sorry, I'm, I know I'm talking a lot. Number two would be I'm gonna. You guys might disagree with this, but I'm gonna call the Ramones a horror punk band. That's a hot take. Uh, I mean, you got songs like Psychotherapy, Pet Cemetery, Zero Zero UFO. I mean, I think they kind of skate the the line. I mean, punk rock and, and horror kind of go hand in hand anyway, because you got bands like Blondie and Susie and the Banshees and the Dead Kennedys that all sing songs about Halloween. And, uh, you know, I, I think that kind of skates the line. But I'm going to say... I'm going to pick the Ramones as one of my favorite horror punk bands. Cause I think that they touched the topic enough that they could probably do that. All and out. Number three, I'm going to say the cramps. I mean, I'm at, I know I just stole that from Carlos, but um, I was a teenage werewolf <laughs> is good. And they sing a lot of good stuff like that. Um, I actually, my favorite album by the cramps was, I think it might've been on fat records. It came out later. It was, um, it was a song. It was the one with bad, bad girl on it or like a bad girl should, I think is the name of it. It might be big beats from Badsville. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up, but um, it was a later album. It came out in like 96. And I really enjoyed that album and everybody kind of likes their older stuff, but Lux is super cool. Poison Ivy is, uh, was always gorgeous and she's a good guitar player too. So I think they definitely, fall into the horror punk category what do you got carlos pretty solid i'm trying to scramble here so i'm gonna go obviously fucking misfits you can't talk about horror punk like that's where everybody's brain automatically goes to uh so misfits tsol i'll still never forget like code blue hearing you know uh that for the first time just blew my mind Mm -hmm. and so that went on a deep dive in tsol i actually got to see them on my 18th birthday uh tsol came out to south florida and played um so that was an amazing fucking show what a ring in 18 uh seeing them play we did get to see uh dead kennedys obviously without jello and then uh i want to say who else was on that i think it might have been agent orange too 
Um, so yeah, definitely Misfits, TSOL, and I'll go third, The Damned. I was going to say The Cramp, so you stole my thunder, so I'll, I'll throw The Damned in there. Yeah, I mean, the Misfits are, are interesting because you have so many different things with them. You've got, you know, the early stuff, and then, like, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard the original recordings with Danzig and a keyboard, basically, I think it's Danzig and Jerry, they're doing Cough Cool and She, mm-hmm. and there's some early recordings of that that were on the box set. And then you go from from that era to, you know, you got Walk Among Us, you got Earth AD, which is like a thrash album, and then Danzig leaves and starts Sam Hain, which I should have mentioned Sam Hain, I can't believe I didn't, but it all kinds of falls together. And then Jerry and Doyle start Christ the Conqueror which I think a lot of those songs became the Misfits 97 stuff. And then Graves had his own stuff with Gotham Road. Uh, Chud has his own stuff with Sardonica and some other bands. And it, it's just crazy how they all kind of fan out. But there was a guy, well, and Marky Ramone actually played drums for the Misfits for a while. I, I'm pretty sure he was the drummer on Project 1950, where they did uh, the old 50s songs. like They did Monster Mash mm-hmm. and some other songs. Mm-hmm. And then for a while, there was a dude from a band called the Empire Hideous named Mike Hideous. They kicked uh, Michael Graves out of the band for a while. And Mike Hideous sang for them for uh, a short time. And uh, I don't know what happened there. But from Sam Hain, you had Erie Vaughn also, who went on to play in Danzig. And Erie Vaughn is a really cool dude. He's a great photographer. If you haven't seen his book on like the Danzig and Sam Hain years, it's really, really cool. Right on. Um, another band that I should have had on my list, um, is the Murder City Devils. They're pretty, um, horror punkish from the Seattle area. They were in the Edge of Coral movie as well as the punk rockers. Um, but a lot of, a lot of their songs have, you know, that, um, that, kind of they have the you know the organ or the keyboards or whatever sound in there and then you know a lot of their songs have those kind of like horror themed um lyrics to them and whatnot so like idle hands and no grave by this but the sea yeah um so yeah some good ones by them also never forget we had a this venue back in south florida it was called the morgue and I think we may have talked about it in one of the last episodes, but once the hardcore shows ended, then it was not like a goth show. And so it was such a weird, like eclectic mix of people, like all the hardcore kids leaving and all like the weird goth kids coming in and people dressed up like Dracula and stuff. So <laughs> that's funny. Knew. That's funny that you say that we were playing in Detroit one time. And while we're on Detroit and we're talking about Halloween, I got to talk about my friend's band, uh, they had a really good Halloween song. It's called A Werewolf's Love Story. It's by the band called Chinese Happy. Great group of dudes, like some of the coolest people you'll ever meet from Detroit. And they've actually fanned out all over the world now. But uh, A Werewolf's Love Story is a definite Halloween go-to. But anyway, in Detroit, we, we were playing with, um, I feel like it was Death Before Dishonor. Like, I think we were opening for mm-hmm. them. It was part of our tour. I and I may be wrong, so if you're listening to this, Sorry if, I, if I'm lying, but I'm not trying to. But we went to Detroit to play with these guys. And we get there and there's just this crowd of people lined up outside the venue. It's this hotel. And it's just like all these goth people, like you said, that look like Dracula and like everything else. We're like, what the hell? Are they here for our show? But it turns out there was like a uh, goth club upstairs in the hotel. 
and we played in the basement where there was like 10 people. So I know one cool thing that always happened uh, for Halloween shows, it would all be cover bands. So it'd be, you know, all the local hardcore bands, you know, covering minor threat and this and that. So it was always, I think there was like a good solid two or three years in a row where that became kind of like the Halloween tradition where there was like the Halloween cover show and who was going to cover what, you know, that year was always something fun to look out to. There was a local band called uh, Annihilate. They're really good punk band. They're still around. They've been around since 82. And they uh, always put on a big Halloween show every year called the Hobgoblin Spookadelic. It was the name of one of their songs. And there's singer Jeff Williams and his brother Bruce Williams are in the band. And Jeff is just a very energetic guy. He's a real fit guy with uh, dreadlocks and stuff. And he would always come out in some ridiculous costume. Like uh, I remember one year he, I think he dressed up as a sheep and a, uh, a friend of mine went up and was dressed as a priest and he married the sheep to a farmer, like at the beginning of their set. And it was, it was so awesome. Like the spookadelics were always gigantic shows and I really miss those moving on. Have you guys seen any good uh, Halloween movies this year? I know to not go see what's the new one. Halloween ends. It is a piece of crap. I could have told you that and saved you the $13 or whatever it cost you to go see it. Well, I had to see them all, but luckily it was streaming on Peacock. So I kind of saw it for free. I went and saw barbarian, which was very ridiculous as well. Uh, If you want to see a eight foot tall monster naked, that's, that's the movie to see. I've been rewatching all like the Rob Zombie movies again, so I started a couple nights ago with a uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Man, I can't, oh, I can't yeah. really watch those. They they mess me up, especially working in this job because they're almost too <laughs> real sometimes. Um, so I mean, I I have been in like a like a murder house before. Um, I went on a call where somebody had slit their own throat. And they were had written all this stuff all over the walls. And all I could think of was like a Rob Zombie movie and that somebody was going to kill me. And it was probably the most scared I've ever been in my entire life. Have you guys had any crazy like Halloween calls? I'll never forget my first Halloween. I fresh off FTO. I got sent to one of the uh, graveyards, uh, suspicious person call and get out there. And I'm fucking brand new. And there's like these probably 10, 12 teenagers out there all with like black robes with the hoods on candles with their faces painted i was like i don't know what the fuck you guys are doing here i didn't see any dead animals i didn't know if they were there fucking sacrificing somebody or whatever but i just told them to get the fuck out and i looked over at the other officers that showed up and we were all just like what the fuck just happened uh but no my favorite thing to always look uh do on when i was working on halloween uh was bringing somebody dressed in costume especially after you know two o'clock all the drunks start leaving all the parties start winding down I'll never forget bringing somebody. He was head to toe, full Jack Sparrow, drunk as shit, driving on the wrong side of the road. It was one of those gimme DWIs where, like, you know, it's never going to see a, a courtroom. And this guy's doing, you know, walk and turn, dressed like a freaking pirate. It's hilarious. <laughs> I wanted it to go to court just to see the jury's face of this guy, like, full on <laughs> Jack Sparrow, like, you know, the eye black and the little beads and the hair. Like, he fucking nailed it. That's and awesome. So, I mean, we walk into central booking and this guy head to toe, Jack Sparrow, like, and he was just like, you know, yucking it up with everybody, like doing all his Jack Sparrow antics and stuff. So that was probably my most memorable one. Yeah. But anytime I'd come across anybody still in full costume and they said they were drinking him and get him out and put him on the side of the road <laughs> and just 
seeing everybody drive by, seeing you doing field sobriety on Bo Peep. That's awesome. How about you, Robin? I'm trying to think of, I mean, I don't, since I didn't, I didn't really work Halloween a lot, I don't really have a good Halloween one, but around Halloween time. Um, so I think this one was maybe early October, but um, we got like a couple of suspicious um circumstance is what the the call title was um at my first agency it was out at this abandoned house um off like this county road um and it was a dirt road and i was like we so usually if we would just get one of those calls we'd be like oh we'll just drive by shine your spotlight in there and you know if you don't see anything call it good and move on But we had gotten, I think, like two or three calls of people saying that they saw like, uh, like a light inside this abandoned house. And they thought, you know, like teenagers were in there or something. So I was that district car and um, I go out and uh, they dispatched cover. And so my cover, though, was probably like 10 to 15 minutes out. And so I'm just like waiting by the side of the road and stuff like just, you know, have my eye on it. I had my, you know, my headlights off and, you know, I'm just blacked out just to see if I can catch, you know, a light in there or whatever. And um, so I'm just sitting there and I'm just like looking around because I'm just like afraid of, you know, someone like popping up or I'm just, I'm just scared scaredy cat when it comes to that stuff but i'm like oh yeah i have your hand on your i have my hand on my gun just in case you just never know just just so you can shoot all the ghosts like like it's gonna (laughs) Uh, yes of course and i have my rifle like my finger my other finger on my gun lock for my rifle and stuff (laughs) because you never know like it could be either like a sovereign citizen out there or, you know, a ghost, who knows, or which is, a mountain Which line. is scarier, I'm not sure, but. Um, it just depends on the day, I think. <laughs> um, so, so I'm like, I'm all like paranoid looking and I'm just like staring at this house, but also just kind of like checking like my peripherals and stuff. And then I must have just been concentrating so hard because then my partner comes up and he's like, like knocks on my window and I almost shot him. I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Like, want to so get shot? That's how you get shot. And he's like, oh what my are you God. doing? I'm like, I'm waiting for you. And of course we go check the house and there's nothing in there. So I think it was a ghost just playing tricks on people. But yeah. And then I had, um, as a detective, I mean, again, this was in the fall. I don't remember. I think it was my first year um, in investigations, but I had a death um, call where this guy uh, was found in his room. Um, He lived in his mom's basement, of course, and um, he had died on laying on his bed and we go in the room and there's like, shit written all over the ceiling the walls just like weird ass shit like 
the, the devil said he was going to get me, but I'm getting him. And, um, you know, I'll see you in hell, but I'll get there before you or something like that. And then there was one where it was like, that lady cop said I was crazy. I guess she was right and all that stuff. Um, so anyways, it turned out, I mean, so it was just covered. The entire room was like written in marker with all these like little scenes and whatnot. And um, he looked disgusting. Like, uh, I'm not trying to be mean or talk ill of the dead, but um, he he was a meth user. So I don't know about you guys, but whenever you like go on a death where it's a heavy meth user that just all those chemicals just really make a person look terrible. At least that's just been my yeah. experience. You're giving me like PTSD here because <laughs> my, my little murder house that I had to walk through had shit written all over the walls too. And I was just sitting there reading it like, oh my God, I'm going to die the entire time. Right. It's, <laughs> it's very ominous. And yeah. uh, so fast forward. Um, he, he had a short sleeve shirt on and jeans and socks. And so, um, the next day we didn't find any, like, I didn't find any drugs in there, which was odd, um, because I kind of suspected it was an OD. Um, so I go to, and he had kind of written like this really crazy letter um that i guess you could kind of consider a suicide note but not i, I don't know it, it didn't say like i'm i mean my life but we go i go to the autopsy the next day and they take off his clothes and <laughs> he has all of this stuff <laughs> written all over his body like the same type of things like written like all over his chest like on his arms, on his thighs, like on the back of his thighs. I'm like, wow, bro, did you like? Was it written or tattooed? It was written. It was a purple marker. Uh, it wasn't like that movie Memento where that guy had to remember everything, so he tattooed oh, it all right. over himself. <laughs> well, maybe that's what he was trying to, you know, do there. But that is wild. Yeah, and so yeah, it turns out that he had been on a meth binge, and he'd become, you know, as heavy meth users do, they become very paranoid. And he thought that people were trying to spray like um, pesticides into his, um, you know, vents. The and so that that was what they were trying to kill him that way. And so he, I got the toxicology report back like a month later and he had meth on board. He had sleeping pills on board and um, a ton of NyQuil. I think, was it NyQuil? Something like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was, man. it was creepy. And I had to spend of course hours in that room. So like I have vivid, vivid, memories of that entire that room every inch of that room because it was pretty gross and then um yeah and he was like peeing like he was too lazy to go to the bathroom so he's peeing and dude i have have had the same call like (laughs) i think we called (laughs) (laughs) prior to me being a cop this was back when i was a little juvenile delinquent but um there was a cemetery out in the country near where i lived and learning later in the 1920s there was a lot of people that were buried there during i believe it was like a typhoid or tuberculosis breakout so there's a mass grave out there and i didn't know that at the time i do now so it freaks me out that i used to go out there but 
there's these little chairs that were the graves, right? And the deal was like, if you go sit in the chair at midnight, you know, the portal to hell will open and, and you'll be mm-hmm. sucked in forever. So of course, every kid in my small town, I grew up and wanted to go sit in the chair at midnight and be sucked to hell. But uh, one Halloween, we thought it'd be a really cool, because we'd go out there and hang out late at night. My friends thought it'd be a good idea for like me to go out there and put on like a Jason Voorhees mask, like a hockey mask. And I was going to wait until my friends got there and then jump out and scare all these girls that were coming with us. Right. But the, uh, this was back before the days of cell phones. So my friends take me out there and drop me off and go to pick up the girls. Well, like fucking two hours later, they realized that they forgot about me out in the cemetery while they're out hitting on all these girls. And I am pretty sure I almost pissed my pants because I was so scared sitting out in the cemetery by myself (laughs) and I'll never forget it. And I was like, I still will never forgive those bastards for that. They totally sold me out, but it's kind of got me thinking about that. Have you guys ever been in like those like horror (laughs) houses, the haunted houses where like everyone like jumps out and scares you and does all that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I've I've done it one time and that I'm fucking, I, I knew the second time I went, I, I chickened out at the end, but I before I was going to go in, I was like, I can't go in there with my fucking gun. So I made sure to leave my gun in the car because <laughs> I didn't want somebody to fucking jump out and scare me. And I'll fucking, um, but I'll never forget, that was my, my first experience at one of those like haunted houses was right when the first Blair Witch came out. And so like I was like fresh out of seeing the movie and then going into like this little haunted trail thing. And it was like all like the Blair Witch shit is all hanging in the trees and stuff. And everyone's jumping out and doing all the jump scare shit and that's fucking not for me <laughs> hard pass yeah punch somebody I remember yeah i remember when i was i think i was probably like a freshman in high school and we were out after dark and we had like told our parents we were going to go see a movie but we wanted to go hang out in the cemetery and so we go out there and it was i think me another girl and then two other guys and we were like walking around just like trying to scare each other and and like oh did you see that or did you hear that you know the typical thing and then all of a sudden like we hear like like something kind of like running and we're like stop you know like we're blaming each other and we turn and we see this like white thing just because it's pitch black out there just like running towards us <laughs> we started just like booking it like running as fast as we can and then all of a sudden we hear this like kind of like panting and so I look back I thought one of my friends was falling behind and so I look back and it's a big fluffy dog that was just running around in the cemetery and we fucking like peter pants that was definitely yeah. a werewolf a fucking wolf it was definitely he was the friendliest werewolf ever but yeah i tell you i was... know a friendlier werewolf oh please don't <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it <sighs> there's a really good movie about don't, a guy don't see it don't about see a guy it. named lou guru in canada and he's also known as <laughs> wolf cop and there's also another wolf cop. And they're my two favorite fucking movies, no matter what anybody says. And Leo Fofford is the main guy, and I want to be friends with him. So if you're listening to this, I love your movie. <laughs> um, so what's the premise? 
You might as well, out. like, since you started, you might as well. Oh, absolutely. Is it a cop that becomes a werewolf, or is it a werewolf that becomes a cop? So <laughs> this guy is a cop. He's kind of, like, on his last leg. He kind of drinks too much, and he works in a small town. But it turns out the small the small town's kind of corrupt by these, uh, I guess they're, like, lizard people. And uh, he gets bit by a wolf and uses his werewolf slash cop powers to... Uh, go after the mayor who is a lizard person and it, it's pretty awesome and part two has kevin smith in it so that's even cooler but if you haven't watched it it's a fucking great movie it's hilarious if you like trauma movies it's very similar to a trauma movie it's like horror comedy is that like the toxic avenger style fucking yeah movies? yeah yeah it's a little more it's a little uh classier than than the toxic avenger but it's definitely, it's a pretty cool movie, and and the special effects in it are pretty awesome. And I, it's one of those movies like where part two is better than part one, but you have to see part one to understand part two. Now I'm a sucker for those fucking zombie movies. Like I'm all in. Like 28 days, 28 weeks. Uh, what's the Brad Pitt one? Uh, World War Z or whatever. Yeah, that one and the fucking uh, the Will Smith one. Uh, I am legend. I'm legend. I know that's a remake or some shit. I, n- I never see the originals, but I'll see the the Hollywood blockbuster fucking remakes. All these awesome movies. But yeah, yeah I, I, I I don't know. Zombie movies are okay. I feel like they kind of got like in the early two thousands. There was like so many of them. You had all these different versions of Night of the Living Dead. But Return of the Living Dead is a very good zombie movie from the eighties. What was the zombie movie? It's I think I'm pretty sure it's like a George. Uh, Romero when uh, when they're in the mall, Dawn of the Dead, yeah, Dawn the of the Dead, Dead. the original oh, one, like all the zombies are like yeah, fucking blue. Right. Yeah, and yeah. the dude's head blows up like a mm-hmm. watermelon. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you guys I... have seen Return of the Living Dead, right? Though all those oh, yeah. movies to me just fucking blend in together. I can't remember the difference between them. So Return of the Living Dead is the one with the punk rock chick that's like naked through the whole thing. I can't remember <laughs> what her name is, but uh, it's it's hilarious. It's kind of like a spoof, but it's I think it came out what like eighty six, eighty seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night of the Demons is another good one from the 80s. It's kind of goofy. Did you guys ever see that that Ramones movie? Was it Rock and Roll High School? Yeah. Oh, and there's yeah. that part in like the random rumors. I've seen it one time so that, that my memory is super hazy, but I remember at one point like the Ramones are in the shower, like playing in the shower, like they show up in the fucking bathroom <laughs> in the middle of the movie. That sounds like a horror movie. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, I'm that a would be just thinking scary. like legit punk movies. What's the uh, Disturbia? Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does, does Empire Records count? Because I love that movie. Yes. I love that movie, too. Yeah, it's, it's Rex Manning. It's a great Day. movie. Rex <laughs> Manning Day. And fucking, what was the social distortion where they follow them around on tour? I don't know it's about like a that documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but yeah, there's a social distortion like way back in the day where they follow them around on, on tour. So what is... A Halloween movie that scared the living shit out of you as a child. I have, mine. I have to go with you. The original fucking Halloween. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because to me, clowns like when he's when he's got that fucking little mask at the beginning of the movie. So did it, like a... did it bother you? Oh yeah, I can't fucking watch that shit. Have you seen the new one? <laughs> no, fuck no, fuck that. Oh, uh, no. we need, well, now we know what we need to do right. No, I think I think <laughs> what finally did me in was was it Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh yeah, my god, I was just talking about yeah. that movie the other day. Yeah, I think that movie's Where fucking you... traumatized me and made me hate clowns. That's oh, kind of a punk so... movie, right? They're cute. It's got the, the Dickies in it, right? 
or at least they're on the soundtrack, I think. I don't know. What about you, Robin? Which one scared the living shit out of you? I have three. Um, so definitely, um, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Candyman, the oh, original. Hell yeah. yeah. That yes. scared the ever living shit out of me. Like I couldn't like go to the bathroom like and look in the mirror. <laughs> because <laughs> number one, I would just scare myself looking in the mirror. But number two, like just you're just afraid like he would show up in his like dirty fur coat and all the bees like coming out of his mouth oh it just you, i saw that in seventh grade did you see the new one that just came out uh did i i don't think so i would have remembered but I, yeah. I was too traumatized by the first one <laughs> i was in seventh grade when i saw it and i saw it like asleep um during a sleepover with um one of my good friends and we did not sleep at all that night after watching that movie <laughs> is terrible i still remember but, was yeah. it tales from the hood Oh, yeah. oh my god that's a great one i love that one or growing up i remember hbo at the uh, tales from the crypt yeah oh, yeah. yeah i, I actually just found all those dvds in my garage the other day i have every season of that nice oh, yeah. that was great. i love that but yeah clowns i'm fucking out but zombies or leper i fucking loved leprechaun like those kind of like cheesy <laughs> horror movies where they just try too hard and it's not scary but it's like the subliminal like fucking uh What's the one with Jack Nicholson when they're in the Colorado oh, the, in the hotel? The Shining. The oh yeah, the Shining. Fuck, man, Red Rum. That's that shit scared the fuck out of me forever. Uh, when I've, I was, a I've kid, been to the, the oh, actual hotel. Oh, you've been there. Oh, well, wow. not so the hotel that Stephen King um, wrote The Shining in. It's called the Stanley Hotel. Um, I've been to that hotel like three or four times. Um, I even did a a ghost hunt there although i didn't see anything but um yeah it's super cool hotel super that's awesome cool. do they have that maze in the back no they have um in the front of the hotel they have a kind of mini version but it's very small it's nothing like it looks like in the movie did it have like a wise old man that would walk up to you and be like i know you got to shine <laughs> <laughs> there's old men everywhere at that hotel uh, okay, not... one of those hotels <laughs> one of those one of those pay by the hour hotels <laughs> yeah no till motel uh, i was thinking fucking to cut you over while it's still in my brain just we got a lot of old schools on the east part of the city and so it's i remember being back on patrol and like meeting up with all the old heads and they're like all right that fucking place is haunted that place is haunted <laughs> it's one of those where they get sent to like an alarm call in the school district would give all the guys the keys and they would go in there and walk around and like they would hear like chairs moving and like kids, you know, oh. talking down the hall and just like, mm-hmm. I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. And I was like, oh, fuck that. I don't know. I'm never going in that place. So they scared the shit out of me from ever like wandering around and checking out those schools at the end of the night. Wow. But they had a, one of the oldest, if not the oldest one in Texas. Um, we went down to one time at the Austin State Hospital. Uh, we went down when I went to downtown to check it out. And it's like total horror movie vibes just in the middle like it's in the middle of the city but once you get through to it and you're in this pitch black dark area and you can't see any of the lights from downtown and just being on the property it's like fucking it reminds me of uh did you guys see shutter island oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah it reminded me of, of shutter island i was like we need to fucking go that's awesome that sounds cool i have one um so back when 
I was working at the courthouse. Um, part of my responsibility while I was working in the courts was to prepare like the morning dockets for like the inmates that we were bringing over and stuff for court from the jail. And I'd have to be there at like three 30 in the morning. And <laughs> so there'd be a couple mornings where I, I'm the only one in this entire building, uh, you know, at three 30 in the morning. And there was a couple times where I, I heard clear as day, someone laughing in the hallway of the freaking, like, it was so, it was so loud. And I'm like, so the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, is, is court security here? Because, um, we had security guards that they were, they were hired by the County and they were armed security guards. Um, and they would get there sometimes early, um, depending on like what we had going on or if there's like a, a high profile case or whatever. And so I was like, well, maybe it's one of the court security guys. No, <laughs> there was no one there. And so I had access to the cameras that like out in the hall, because in our um, court services office, we had, you know, um, cameras to all the holding cells and like the judges chambers and, um, you know, the hallways and courtrooms and whatnot. So I'm like looking like at the camera that's outside our office and there's no one there. It sounded like they're right outside the door. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck Jeez. this. <laughs> so, so, I am not. Yeah. I'm not opening the door. I'm not going out there. I don't care if I have a gun. <laughs> so I'm not like a believer in ghosts, really. I'm like a pretty big skeptic, but I did live. The first house I ever bought was very old. It was over a hundred years old and it had uh, a lot of rumors that it was haunted and people would go down to the laundry room and like somebody would blow on your neck while you were doing stuff. But um, we actually, a guy who was playing drums in my band was sleeping on the couch one time. And he heard somebody stomp up the stairs, slam the door and scream. And it wasn't like the only instance. So there was all these instances where people would be like, my friends would come over and be like, dude, why are you staring at me out the window like a psycho? I'm like, dude, I wasn't even upstairs. <laughs> and uh, how long did you live there? I did not oh, live there very no. long. Whoa. So we actually had like this team. Of, I, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. This is like in 2004. I had like this team of like psychics come out and ghost hunters and they did like their whole little investigation and uh, they, they supposedly caught an EVP of somebody saying go to hell, which I still don't, I, I think somebody was probably whispering it in the background. So it got picked up on the thing, but you could hear it plain as day. Cause they're like, what do you want? And it says go to hell. I'm like, Oh my God, that freaked me out. We moved pretty shortly after that, but uh, they were, if I can find the website, I'll send it to you all so you can read it. But they did a little investigation on it and they said, you're haunted by a, an old lady and her child or something. But anyway, uh, I think it's bullshit, but it still scared the living crap out of me when I lived there. Um, going back to movies, it scared me. The first couple of Nightmare on Elm Street movies, my cousin used to babysit me and I was probably five or less. Same cousin that introduced me to the Misfits when I was that age, but she would invite all of her friends over and turn off the lights. And we'd watch like a Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. And 
I was freaking terrified. She had this little light up like glowworm thing. And she was always like, just look at the glowworm when you're scared. So basically for the entire movie, I had a glowworm in my face. So I'm surprised I'm not blind now. Do you, you guys have glowworms when you were kids? That was a thing. No. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I mean, those are, those are cool. But, and then uh, there was a movie called Lady in White, which looking back, it's probably not that scary, but it scared me when I was a kid. I, I can't remember if Fred Savage was in it, but somebody like that from the eighties. And then Ghoulies, Ghoulies oh, made me where I never wanted to poop again. I was, I was like so scared <laughs> to go to the bathroom, but. I remember like there was uh what was it called? Critters. Oh yeah. Do you yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah. And there was, speaking of toilets, like there was, I remember one, um, my dad, or I think it was both my parents. Um, I think I was like three. I, I barely remember, but I remember like sitting on my dad's lap in the theater. And I just remember looking up at the screen and one of the critters like attacked someone. And then <laughs> they like, they like punched it or hit it. And it like went in the toilet and they flushed the toilet. <laughs> Do you remember that now? I remember that movie. I mean, it was like, it was like a weird version of Tremors because it was, but there were these like furry uh, monster things. Yeah. They're adorable. There were so many good 80s horror movies like Chopping Mall. That was another good one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know that one. I was watching the other um, the other night. I was watching, uh, um, what was it, Phantasm? Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, with that, like, adorable little, he, the, the kid, like, cuts off that guy's, like, fingers. And he puts it in a box. And then he they, he opens the box and it's that adorable little like furry black thing with the red eyes. I do remember that. Do you remember uh, Dead Alive yeah. with the uh, with the weird like bat monkey thing that bit somebody and caused everybody to turn into zombies and stuff? <laughs> Man bear pig. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember there was a preacher in it that goes and like throws a stake in something's heart and he's like he goes I kick ass for the Lord and then like he keeps going and I, I always love that movie but. <laughs> um that was one of the last movies i owned on vhs actually but um, one of you guys brought up tremors kind of funny story i worked at blockbuster video fucking back in the day when we had vhs tapes and dan marino would always fucking come in and what an <laughs> asshole fuck dan marino if this ever makes it to him fuck you you're an asshole i hate you uh but he would come in all the time and I'm totally going to air his fucking dirty laundry. He would rent all those like weird fucking Skinamax, like Red Shoe Diaries kind of fucking movies. <laughs> and he would always rent fucking Tremors. So I'm like, oh, here comes fucking Marino again. He's going to rent fucking Tremors. And sure, like, she... Laces out, Dan, you fucking dick. No, <laughs> like he was infamous, like around the city, like growing up, like everybody knew, like all the wait staff on my friends that worked at restaurants and shit. Like they knew fucking Dan Marino's coming in. Like you weren't getting fucking tipped. And he was gonna be a fucking asshole to you. Like my girlfriend worked at one of like a mom and pop coffee shop, and he was always coming and order all these fucking foo foo drinks, and he would never fucking tip. And then at, <laughs> at Blockbuster, he would come in and fucking and just like cut right in the line and shit. And everybody would kiss his ass because he's fucking Dan Marino. But fuck that guy. You should have cut up his Blockbuster membership card. I should have like just flexed on him big time. No, I know because he came up. And if you remember, you had to have your ID or your Blockbuster card, and he fucking came up. And I saw him in the line. I'm like, oh, fucking, please don't come to my register. And show, of course, he fucking shows up. I'm like, are right, you Blockbuster card? Nope, I don't have it. I'm like, well, do you have your ID then? Yeah, I don't have. And he's like, you don't know who I am. So it was from that fucking moment, <laughs> my first time ever meeting him. He was one of those fucking 
you don't know who I, and of course I knew like I grew up fucking watching football, but that kind of fucking snobby ass attitude, like I don't go I don't go for that shit. And I was like, was nope, I don't pre- know who the fuck this, you are. Yeah, was this pre or post Ace Ventura? Oh, this is probably right around the same time. Because I would have had no idea who the fuck he was until it was <laughs> Ace Ventura, because I did not watch football. I was a total fucking dork. And I got beat up by the football players. So I would have definitely <laughs> not have known who Dan I think he did he have did he have Dan Marino talk football or is that Troy Aikman talk football? No, was, I think it was Troy Aikman, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, growing up in South Florida with the Miami Dolphins, he had been playing there since like fucking 1983. So, I mean, he was South Florida royalty, but that guy was a fucking asshole. Yeah, I worked at Hollywood Video back in the VHS days as well. I don't know if you guys had those in the South. We only oh, had yeah. one Blockbuster, but we, we had lots I mean, of Hollywoods. Blockbuster, their corporate offices, like they were from South Florida. And so they had like, their own like little mini, it was called Blockbuster Golf and Games. So it was actually like a mini blockbuster <laughs> with like fucking uh, bumper boats, uh, video games, like giant wow. ass fucking arcade. Like that was, the fucking, that was the spot to go to was fucking blockbuster golfing games. Our yeah, last video store just closed. Like we had one uh, locally and it just closed. So there are no more around here anymore. I think there's one left. Oh, there's one blockbuster left, which I think Netflix is making some kind of oh, yeah, blockbuster documentary or kind of sitcom fucking blockbuster show so i can already, still hear the door out, chime yeah. that fucking ding. welcome to blockbuster <laughs> yeah four hundred dollars to rent uh you gotta pay four hundred dollars in late fees well that's how they would make their money with the fucking movie. late fees are you kidding me yeah i always had like my, our local video store had this deal like if you had so many late fees eventually like send you a coupon to like wipe out your late fees so i would go in and like they were always like Yep, you're the winner this time. Biggest late fees again. $400. Here you go. I'm like, okay, cool. Can I rent this quarter movie and I'll be back and never with it? And, I'm, you know, I was really bad about it. I mean, so I'll never forget the frustration of like a Friday or Saturday night and, and piling in the car with the family and going down to Blockbuster and they'd fucking be out of the shit that you were looking for. And you'd spend 20, 30 minutes walking up down up and down the hall and you'd end up renting the same bullshit you've rented a million times. <laughs> Let's watch Terminator 2 again. <laughs> kids today will never well, not, fucking struggle <laughs> i'm not i mean i worked for a video store too but it wasn't one of the the chains i worked for like a mom and pop like i because i grew up in a tiny town and so we didn't have blockbuster or um hollywood v- video until i was in high school i think and <laughs> so yeah i would get mine from like it she she only had like you know three copies of the new releases each so if you were one of the first people on release day which my dad always was um but if you weren't then you're screwed you're not seeing that new movie that new release for another like month I remember we'd go rent uh from we had a like a mom and pop one growing up and we'd go to like you know fucking behind the curtain and shit, but they had all the faces of death fucking VHS. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'll never we forget had that like too. fucking running all the faces of death like as fucking kids and shit and hiding it you know in the living room. You'd put it like in the free willy fucking VHS so they didn't know, and we'd all fucking show up after school and and watch fucking faces of death. Oh my god, that freaked me. I remember like. I saw there was a Faces of Death where a lady got hit by a train and it was like the worst thing I'd ever seen. And then there was the one where like the lady's husband got eaten by an alligator or something in front of her. And that one freaked That's me out. Every too. weekend in Miami. <laughs> like, welcome to Disney. Welcome to Disney. I wonder if it was Faces of Death that made us all like fucking 
like oh like well, i'm used to seeing fucking death it's no big deal like kind of thing like what's for fucking lunch but think about kids nowadays it's like they just get online they're like let's look at the most fucked up shit we can look at and there it is i mean it's not like you have to go walk five miles to the video store put it in the power rangers case and take it home you know you gotta (laughs) you gotta actually like all you gotta do is type it in and it i mean it's gotta be way worse nowadays i can't imagine growing up with like fucking social media or like whatever you want instantly available to you or even like going on tour like i'm sure when you were on tour there was no social media like you would book the tour, I'm, you know, tag along with my friends' band yeah. on tour, and you'd fucking you'd book the tour two, three weeks out, and you'd you know Show by the up, time you made it, and the fucking <laughs> venue was closed, or they didn't every, have us booked, and like every like, time. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I fuck, I loved and I hated being. I I was never in a band, but I always tagged along with my friends. Like I've been up and down the East Coast uh, with them on tour, and that shit fucking sucked. Like we were yeah. just stuck in the van with like five other smelly dudes. I mean, that, the little the brushems from fucking Walgreens, <laughs> you'd be brushing your teeth with those fucking things. At least your guys brush their teeth. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we didn't we didn't like, you know, we would only play like a half hour set. We were a hardcore band, you know, so you go somewhere and play 15 songs in 30 minutes or whatever. So, I mean, most of the adventure for me was just getting out of the Midwest and going out east or going out west and you know, being in the van with the guys, that's some of my favorite memories of the whole thing. You know, like one time in the middle of Ohio, we met a gorilla on the side of the road that was handing out free pizza. I swear to God. That's the most Ohio story I've ever fucking heard. Just a dude like in a gorilla costume with a sign that said free pizza. And we're like, fuck yeah. We went and cleaned him out. And then uh, actually Ohio, grandpa's cheese barn was, I'm sure if you were ever on tour through Ohio, I think it's like right off of I-80. No, I remember we went through Cleveland and fucking, that's Cleveland fucking sucks. I don't know about Cleveland rocks. That place is a (laughs) shithole. Yeah, we had uh, grandpa's cheese barn in Ashland, Ohio was always a a stop for us on the way out to the East Coast. And obviously I don't eat cheese anymore, but back then I ate a lot of cheese. (laughs) Yeah, but we we didn't have... uh, we didn't have social media. I mean, towards the end, we had MySpace. We used that. And then, uh, but we used to use a site called Book Your Own Fucking Life. That was a big deal. Like bands would uh, kind of reach out on that and be like, hey, I'm a hardcore band looking for a show in Detroit or I'm looking in, you know, New Orleans or whatever. And somebody would always be on there to hook you up. So that was pretty cool. But I know I got a little off topic with Howling with that. I think we should save that for like our, our fucking tour episode if we ever do one. Because I've got tons of fucking tour stories, and I'm sure you do too. Oh my god, I get so <laughs> so many penises. <laughs> Robin, did you ever go on tour or tag along with anybody? Uh no, I wasn't cool enough. But I mean, I did like travel a lot for shows, so we would like road trip across the country to like see a show, a show we really wanted to go see or like furnace fest like three years in a row like basically 2000 2001 2002 like furnace fest (laughs) and then like cornerstone one year and yeah but yeah not cool enough to be in a band or be a roadie (laughs) be a roadie slash security slash fucking merch table guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, if, if we ever want to do an episode, I think we should do a get in the van episode. I have. Plenty. I got to read the fucking book first. I've been telling myself like 20 <laughs> years to read that fucking Rollins book. I have plenty <laughs> of stories for you guys that you'll think less of me. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Read, let's let's, sure. let's book it now. Fucking but, get in the van. PRC coming soon. 
But anyway, unless you guys got anything else, I just want to tell everybody have a happy, safe Halloween. Thanks to Nate for putting this out for us on short notice. Um, go watch Wolf Cop and Wolf or Cop don't. Part okay. 2. And if you're listening, <laughs> Lou Guru, I love you. Uh, anything that you guys got to say, go ahead. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to our first ever holiday special, Punk Rock Cops Halloween Edition. Uh, myself, Roger, and Carlos really appreciate you guys tuning in to listening to our ramblings. We have a lot of fun doing this, and we hope to throw a few more uh, special holiday editions in the old Punk Rock Cops podcast vault for your listening pleasure. And um, special shout out to our buddy Tenny, who um, makes this possible for us. Uh, we've been kind of talking about doing the, this uh, podcast for a little while now. So I'm glad it's finally getting to see the light of day. Um, we all are, of course. Um, and just wanted to let you guys know that we did make a Spotify punk rock cops Halloween edition playlist for your listening pleasure so we'll put a link to that in the description of this episode and you can also find our other spotify playlist um usually we try to do one um for each episode but our main one has a lot of the the bands we add after we record an episode so be sure to check those out All right, guys, we'll see you on the next one. Happy Halloween. Don't eat too much candy and uh, stay safe out there.